Hello, everyone. My name is Jason Oxman, and you're listening to Transaction Trending, the official podcast of the Electronic Transactions Association. Today, a discussion about how the payments industry is deploying new acceptance technology for merchants and how new players in payments are challenging the status quo. Today, joining us on Transaction Trends, Amy Parsons, Senior Vice President and Head of Global Acceptance and Customer Experience at Discover Financial Services. Amy has had a long and impactful career at Discover. As Head of Global Commerce, she helped build digital channels by integrating mobile wallets like Apple Pay into Discover's network. She also oversaw Discover's transition to EMV. Before that, she worked in Europe, bringing digital commerce capabilities to Discover's international portfolio of merchants. And she presided over massive growth in U.S. acceptance at Discover, raising acceptance at merchant locations from 72% to 98% in the United States. Amy Parsons is a leader in recognizing, developing, and promoting digital payment products on a global scale, and we're thrilled to have her with us today. Amy, thanks for joining us. Oh, it was a very nice introduction. Thank you. Well, we're glad to have you here with us today and to hear your and Discover's perspective. So let's start off with a, uh, a little bit of a historical retrospective. Uh, looking out after uh, many years in payments, and as you look back at the last decade or so that you've been working on payments issues for Discover, what would you say is the most significant change in our industry that you've witnessed? Yeah, change is happening really fast. So, um, you know, as I kind of think about that, there's a a million things that just pop into my mind, like what's going on with voice, being able to order a pizza from your car, you know, appliances can now order your milk. And, you know, one of my favorite commercials is about a toaster being online. Um, I think more on the serious front, we've got security changes, AI that's helping with customer service, augmented reality. So all that's starting to show up. Um, so I think maybe just going back to your core component about what have I witnessed, um, and I will say it's probably what um, a lot of people might consider just to be an o- obvious component, and we really probably didn't recognize it for the significance that it brought to us, but it was really taking um, really what was a piece of plastic static number, right, what we, which is what we use for transactions, and we made it digital. Um, and, you know, really going from that plastic space to a digital space, we had to really rewrite the entire way we run a transaction from start to finish through every player in the industry because we brought in words, right? Like we encrypt everything. It's dynamic. We have cryptograms. We know where people are through geolocating, who it is through biometrics. So I think just taking our space and making it digital is probably one of the biggest changes that we've seen of late. And that change has led to, uh, obviously, an explosion of new technologies that uh, enable payments and enable payments acceptance, and you mentioned a number of them, Amy. Uh, I guess that raises a question about uh, making sure not to chase every shiny object in payments. And I'm curious for your perspective on on product development, how you look at things at Discover. Uh, How do you decide what the next big thing is while making sure not to chase everything that could be the next big thing. How, how does that process work? Yeah, I think it's it's really important for all organizations to all to stay very close to their cores. 
um, when they start looking at the new things that are coming into the business or their industry. And we really started out life um, really being a very close partner with our merchants as well as our consumers. Um, so as we kind of look at that digital space, I think it was making sure that we had the ability um, to really move transactions for our on behalf of our partners and that uh, what we really looked at doing was creating a core facility and infrastructure that can be used by others um, and that really brings value to their business um, and really allows them to put their brand first. And I think probably two ways I can talk about that coming to life. One is with how we work with other local networks around the world. Um, so we recently did uh, announce a partnership with NAPAS, which is in Vietnam. BKM in Turkey and LO in Brazil, uh, where they, it's their brand, but they are using a lot of the infrastructure for their global cards that actually move around the world. Um, I think in the U.S. market, when we talk about digital, um, the announcement and the press release we made on Apple Pay Cash, which is really bringing something quite new into the world, just being able to actually pass money or you know make payments um, through a message service on Apple. Um, so I think a lot of what, you know, when you, when you think about kind of what's next for digital and where we want to be, you know, part of what we really focus on are those partnerships, making sure that we can keep them unique for them using our infrastructure. And it's really helping our customers solve the what if, you know, they show up saying, what if we did this, or could we do it that way? Or what if we created this new thing and helping with, work with them to solution it? So I think, we really try to stay very, very close to ensuring that our partnerships really uh, maintain a very high priority for us. And a lot of those partnerships that you mentioned are disruptors in our industry, and it's interesting how Discover is partnering with those those new entrants. Uh, you did have a, a bit of news there that's that's pretty recent uh, about Apple Pay Cash, and I want to make sure everyone understands uh, uh, what that's about, how that is going to essentially ride the Discover rails as, as part of that new peer-to-peer uh, -peer product that, uh, that Apple is putting in the market. Can you tell us a little bit about um, uh, how that partnership uh, came to be and, and how that's going to work in the marketplace? Yeah, I think it really is a lot of what I've talked about and some of what you've just described, you know, as we have partners that show up that say, we have this new thing we're looking to do. How can you help? It's really sitting down, solutioning, talking about what's possible, what we want the customer experience to be. And I think that's probably the most critical is putting that first and then really identifying what problem you're trying to solve and then making sure as you bring all those components together, that what ends up being built and put out in the marketplace is something that's actually solving that problem and bringing value out to the consumers. So I think the net of it being, in a very tactical sense, uh, Apple Pay Cash, when you actually go to a merchant location and you used to, you're looking to spend your money um, through that merchant location, it does actually work through the Discover network and use a lot of the technology that we've built and put in place. And you mentioned, Amy, that that's a, uh, a point-of-sale technology that is going to take advantage of Discover's extensive merchant acceptance footprint, which is something that Discover has been 
really willing to to partner with and and uh, and uh, do in innovative new things with partners uh, over the years. And I want to uh, talk a little bit about that acceptance network. Uh, I mentioned in the intro that you spent a lot of time addressing a big problem that Discover had in the U.S. Uh, in recent years, uh, which is getting acceptance levels up to uh, what some of the other card networks have had, and Discover obviously has historically done its own merchant acquiring, so uh, that's been a big lift. Uh, you're there now, um, and Discover acceptance here in the U.S. Um, and around the world with the, the Discover and the Diners Club brands is is pretty impressive. Um, but I want to know if there are still things that you worry about uh, at the point of sale. Are there still acceptance issues, uh, particularly here in the U.S., uh, that you and, and the team uh, at Discover are still looking to uh, improve upon? Yeah, and I think, um, you know, you kind of mentioned some of it. We've got a lot of legacy conversations still floating around, uh, whether it's coming from a consumer or a merchant or any, any one of us in the industry. And so, I think one of the things, you know, we've been working incredibly hard. We've made great strides, especially in the U.S. We feel very much at parity. Um, I always tell people just try it um, because 98% of the time it's going to work for you. Um, when we talk about challenges, um, it's probably showing up for everybody in the industry. It's not just for us, but it's really about kind of that new frontier of digital um, and what that's starting to do to what is an incredibly complex environment, and it's really making it more complex uh, because it's fragmenting, right? It's no longer about this brick-and-mortar in-store card-to-point-of-sale equipment. Um, it could be, you know, anything with a chip in it. In particular, we talk about phones, right, and being able to communicate contactless um, at point-of-sale. And so I think that fragmentation um, also then starts to extend itself, obviously, when you go in line or online. And then when you think about in-app. Um, so now all of a sudden we have all these different channels, all these different types of ways to pay um, and different ways to communicate. Um, and so that fragmentation is going to be something very difficult, I think, for everybody to keep up with because security, you know, for our industry becomes one of the most critical components we have to adhere to. Because um, we need to make sure that all of this is very safe and secure as we put it in market. Um, and you have to do that in a way that feels really easy and simple to anybody that's trying to use it at the end of the channel, whether it's a consumer trying to actually make a payment or whether it's a merchant trying to take a payment. Um, so making sure that we have really easy, simple tools to put out there um, so that either one of those groups actually feel comfortable. Um, and in regards to really a lot of our B, B2B partners, we have put our dev center up, which helps people really pick up a lot of things in a much easier fashion than what we used to be able to do, let's just say even 10 or 15 years ago. And of course, Discover as an issuer and an acquirer has to deal with both sides of that ecosystem that you're talking about. You have to work with your cardholders, uh, to embrace new forms of payment. Uh, Discover was one of the first to partner with um, with all of the mobile payments providers to enable Discover acceptance in mobile wallets. So you have to work with your card issuing side consumer customers uh, on those new technologies, helping them understand the security benefits and the convenience benefits of that. And then you also have to work with your merchant customers uh, to uh, enable acceptance of these new technologies. So I'm curious on your perspective, um, 
uh, about the uh, what is often referred to as chicken and egg problem in new payments technology. Is it more important for consumers to embrace it such that merchants will be looking for uh, the opportunity to accept new technologies that their customers are using? Or is it more important for that merchant acceptance ecosystem to develop first so that consumers know when they're going to use a new payments technology that it will be accepted everywhere that they like to shop? Which, which side do you think has to move first or move more prominently to make these new technologies successful? Well, you did a really great job of um, kind of articulating how delicately balanced our ecosystem is because um, it's really, a, a, you know, a series of symbiotic relationships that require each other to exist. Because, um, as you said, one cannot exist without the other. You can't have consumers out there wanting to pay with stuff if merchants don't take it. And you can't have merchants accepting something if consumers don't have the ability to pay with it. So at the end of the day, um, it's very, very critical that we take a balanced approach um, because one can't live with it the other and it's why we feel very strongly um, really started our existence by having both merchant and consumer relationships um, very closely held by our um, company. And it's why we continue to maintain very close contact and also really get a lot of feedback from both of those components of the industry. Because um, at the end of the day, they both have to feel good um, and feel very positive about what's coming in new to their environment. Um, so probably just, you know, a couple examples when you think about on the merchant side, you know, we've been hearing a lot of feedback about things need to be secure. You've got to work to increase security. We need to increase speed time at checkout. Uh, we'd really like to get rid of storing things like paper receipts and, and getting signatures. And so one of the things that we've just recently announced is that we will not be requiring signatures at point of sale. Um, under a lot of different conditions at this point in time, which helps solve a lot of those problems the merchants have been talking to us about. And then on the other side, when we talk about consumers, because they're really pushing, we want more things digital, right? I want to do everything with my phone. Uh, we've really enhanced our app, you know, over quite a few years now. So you can do pretty much anything you want now in the Discover app. Um, you can freeze your account. You can look up balances. You can make payments. Um, you also, too, they wanted to be able to pay digitally. So as you had referenced already, making sure that we have Discover built into the different wallets, such as Apple Pay, Samsung Pay, and Android Pay, was very, very critical. So those are kind of two different sides of the equation where we've talked to those partners and really tried to bring into place new things that they were seeking, you know, to make their world better. And I also like the integration you're doing with some uh, e-commerce partners. For example, I've noticed uh, and have used uh, my Discover Reward points uh, or dollars uh, directly in the checkout screen at Amazon. So uh, a, a great integration there. Yep. Yeah, and we've just the feedback um, from the consumer population on that has just been astounding. It's, it's such a valued feature now. Um, so you will see us continue to expand that functionality out to more places where people can use their rewards dollars um, to actually pay for purchases. So as we look at the uh, the payments infrastructure here in the U.S., 
obviously the popularity of mobile payments requires contactless acceptance at the point of sale. Uh, you've spent a lot of time outside the U.S., particularly in the U.K., where contactless is uh, almost ubiquitous, uh, ranging from transit to uh, retail point of sales. And, of course, issuers' contactless cards are almost ubiquitous in the market in the U.K. and, and elsewhere in the world. Uh, except the U.S., where we've seen almost no contactless cards in the market. We've done well with penetration of contactless acceptance. About half of merchants in the U.S. have contactless terminals, uh, but we have a ways to go, and uh, a lot of questions come up in the payments marketplace about the future of contactless in the U.S. Now, you at Discover, of course, have the perspective of both the issuer uh, and the acquirer. So uh, I wonder if there is a way for you to predict for us what contactless is going to look like uh, in the U.S. What are Discover's priorities on the issuing and the acquiring side? And, and what are your thoughts on how we're doing here in the U.S. and how we can do better in getting contactless at the point of sale? Well, no predictions for me today. <laughs> um, I will <laughs> I will tell you, and I think you know I'm in London today. Um, and when I landed here, it is just amazing. Um, contactless is contactless. It's everywhere. I, I don't think I have been any place where I haven't seen it. It's even on the size of taxis. It's on signs when you go places and it's at every point of sale. Um, so they've definitely, um, really adopted that form of payment. So I think when we talk about trying to get it into the U.S. market, um, there's probably three different components. I think education is critical, uh, making sure all the players that are in the industry continue to understand how important contactless is. Um, it really brings a very easy frictionless payment option, whether you're using a phone or a plastic card, um, into the ecosystem. And for, you know, issuers, you know, I think one of the things that we constantly see is people love their plastic cards. As much as I talk about digital and mobile, uh, people really feel comfortable pulling out that piece of plastic and being able to just tap and go with it, um, it brings a lot of value to consumers versus actually inserting or swiping. Um, I think the second is we've got to make sure that we're continuing to remove impediments from the system. So when I talk about frictionless, Things like signature, right? Being able to pay uh, where you tap and go. If you have to tap and sign and go, it doesn't quite feel the same way. So I think eliminating some of those impediments out of the system becomes very, very important. And then I think the third is making sure we really promote the proliferation of the higher security standards. And we do know that digital and contactless, you know, NFC in particular, have a very high standard for security. Um, and so that becomes very, very important in our future to keep, you know, the safety of those transactions in the environment, um, making sure that everybody feels comfortable that when they use these things, that they'll be safe. Um, so I think those are probably the three main things. Does that create customer service challenges for Discover? I, I, when I think of Discover and I think of your marketing campaigns and the reason that people become a Discover customer, it's because of your customer service. Your customer service wins awards. You market based on your customer service. Every time I've called anybody at Discover Customer Service on my personal account, uh, it's always a delightful experience. Uh, are we creating problems for uh, for customer service at Discover by rolling out all these new technologies? How do you make sure that everyone at your call center is up to date on all of these things that are changing in the industry? You know, for 40 years it was easy. There was one product, a plastic card with a magnetic stripe on the back of it. Now, 
technology is moving faster than uh, than at any point in the history of our industry. Uh, how do you keep the quality customer service with all these changes in technology? Yeah, well, I do. You've had a really positive experience. It is um, very much at the heart of who we are and everything we do at Discover. Um, does it create problems? Uh, I'd like to believe that we're heading them off before they ever start. So as we look at new things that come into play um, and we start putting in you know, some of these new digital wallets, one of the components we do very early in our planning stages is always think about the impact to the customer. And it could be a consumer, but it also could be a merchant. And then we really build and we actually put our plans together to ensure that we're still able to consistently provide that award-winning service that everybody is expecting from the organization. So it is part of what we think about as we're putting in new technology. We are a very flexible, adaptive company. So as new things come in, we, you know, we actually can build very quickly and get things turned. Um, and so we definitely want to make sure that the customer service shows up right day one, right when those new things go into play. Um, and I think probably the most recent example I can give you is we do, uh, you actually on our customer service side now, um, utilizing our app. If you're looking for customer service, you can actually um, text with an agent uh, through the messaging services, um, which is a great feature because you can do it whenever you want, wherever you want at any time. Um, and then if for some reason you need to do some follow-up or you need to come back to that same conversation, it's there where you left off. So you don't have to kind of go through the process of repeating anything. So I think just making sure that our customers can reach us in many different ways is also very, very important. And this is one of those items that we've recently put into the marketplace. Amy, one of the other big changes in our industry is the entry of new players into the payment sales channel payment facilitators, ISVs, VARs, and others uh, in an industry where the ISO used to be the only sales channel. What's your assessment of all of these new players, the new sales channel and payments? I'm very excited about all the new players that are showing up. I think, um, you know, as we, you know, we talk a lot about all the fintech, right, that's showing up in, in the industry. Um, and they show up with new ideas, and in some cases, they're kind of taking the place by storm, and within a few years, we're really seeing them pick up and run the business in a different direction. Um, I think a lot of these new players are bringing in better solutions. They're bringing in real-time delivery. Um, they're making it very, very simple for merchants, especially the small merchants where payments is probably the 15th thing on their list that they have to worry about right when they're running their business. Um, and a lot of these new players are actually, you know, allowing you can click here, sign up, download this, and off you go. And the customer service and the solutioning and everything behind that is just a one-stop shop and quite easy. So I'm very excited by that. Um, it also, too, is bringing new thinking into the industry. It's challenging the ways we've been doing things, which I always think makes things better or more efficient. Um, and it's bringing new people into our industry um, which obviously comes with new ideas. So I'm quite excited by all the change that we're starting to see through the different channels. And as we see that change in the sales channel, we're seeing a big change in brick-and-mortar commerce generally, uh, namely the, the challenge of e-commerce. Uh, we saw for the first time this past holiday season uh, e-commerce sales were in double digits. 
Uh, a lot of brick-and-mortar uh, retailers are launching their e-commerce channels, uh, trying to compete aggressively against uh, e-commerce-only merchants. What's your assessment of uh, the future of brick-and-mortar retailer? Are, are we not going to have physical cards anymore? Uh, are we not going to have cashiers anymore, like Amazon's new store that they've launched in Seattle? Uh, or are we still going to be shopping brick-and-mortar, but it's going to be more seamlessly integrated with e-commerce? What's, uh, what's the outlook for brick-and-mortar in your view? Um, I believe it's going to have a place in our life. You know, at the end of the day, we're all humans. And people, humans like to interact with other humans. And we like to actually go and touch and feel things and see it for ourselves. And a lot of us actually use shopping as a social experience. So I don't. I, I believe there will always be a place for that in life. Um, there are also, too, you know, there are those moments when you absolutely need something and you have to go pick it up right then and there. So from that immediacy perspective, I think there'll always be that necessity. Um, but I will just add that it's going to completely change. The experience as we know it today won't it won't necessarily look the same. And I, you know, who knows if this is in five years or 10 years or 15 years. Um, but you can already start to see, right, we're no longer waiting in lines. We're not going to a place to pay, Right. The payments coming to us, right, with all the mobile point-of-sale devices that we're seeing. Um, so I can literally try on a pair of shoes and pay, and everything happens right where I was standing, and I don't have to go anywhere else. So I think lines and some of that will disappear. You referenced cashiers may start to disappear, and we're definitely starting to see some new models in that. I think things like augmented reality um, are going to change the commerce experience completely because we will be able to actually look at things that are physically located where we are, overlay that with a digital context, and it'll actually look as if it's there and real. Um, you can think about things like if you go to a store today, if they don't have the right color or the right style, they say, well, here, I'll ship it to you in a week. When you get it, you can try it on and hopefully you'll love it. Um, you know, now they've got, you know, mirrors, right, that can overlay digital images and give you some of that real-time perspective. So I think some of that's just going to completely change how we engage. Um, and, and really, ultimately, it opens up um, kind of the necessity uh, for omnichannel commerce. And, you know, I think that that's where uh, the tools that we have to put in place around the ecosystem um, really are going to have to start to change. And it wouldn't be a payments podcast if I didn't also ask you about the future of blockchain. Is distributed ledger technology something that Discover is exploring? Uh, yes, we definitely are exploring. I think um, that's probably the best word for it right now. Um, I think trying to figure out, uh, you know, where it can best be used, uh, what value it brings, um, kind of what problem I had referenced before you, right? We always got to figure out what problem we're trying to solve. Um, and really, at the end of the day, how best it can be implemented. So I think at the end of the day, if this is a technology that we see starting to show up that actually does bring value to both merchants and consumers, um, it will definitely be something that Discover will support in the future. Um, I, I do know that, you know, everybody... Um, and 44% of merchants, right, are always looking to increase that customer service experience. And so regardless of what um, kind of technology or tool that shows up, 
uh, making sure, right, that we actually increase the customer service experience becomes very, very important. Amy Parsons is Senior Vice President and Head of Global Acceptance and Customer Experience at Discover Financial Services. Amy, thanks so much for talking with us today. I appreciate your time, Jason. Thank you very much. I'm Jason Oxman, and you're listening to Transaction Trending, the podcast of the Electronic Transactions Association. Thanks for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you again soon. This has been Transaction Trending, a podcast powered by the Electronic Transactions Association. ETA is the leading trade association for the payments industry, representing over 500 payments technology companies worldwide. This episode was produced by Laura Hubbard and Patrick Nolan. It was recorded, edited, and mixed by Patrick Nolan. For more information on ETA, Transaction Trending, and Transact, taking place April 17th through the 19th in Las Vegas, visit electran.org.